He all chilled, laid back. I'm excited for him. And we're live, you know. Jobber Nation, welcome to another episode of the JTP Lounge. As always, I am Janelle from HR. Here with Mr. Black, Sir Wilkins is actually on an assignment. He double books himself. You know, like we don't, we live busy lives. So it's understandable. (laughs) Um, We are actually, this is our kickoff special series to Battle Club Pro's um, show coming up on May 29th. So shout out to Joaquin and the whole team at Battle Club. So we have a very special guest who is at, who's going to kill it in a few weeks here in New York, New Jersey. So as anyone that comes on, I don't introduce them. They introduce themselves. <laughs> so let the world know who you are. Yeah, man. So for those who don't know, um, I go by many names. Um, the Big Bad Kaiju, uh, King of Kaijus, um, O'Shea Edwards, um, Gonna Rock, you know, Ring of Honor, and Medical Pro in a few weeks. There you go. So welcome to the lounge. This is more, you already kicked back and relaxed, so you're already set for the atmosphere that we're going for. Um, I'm going to let Mr. Black, since I, pre-production, I asked a lot of questions. So I'm going to let Mr. Black ask the first few <laughs> questions. Um, just so that the fans can get to know you. And then, you know, we'll also mix in some, you know, some personal questions, some, you know, high-end questions, all that jazz. So Mr. Black, go start us off. So let's start with the real basics. Um, <laughs> where did your love of wrestling come from? And when was the first moment you realized that I want to do this for the rest of my life. I think everybody froze up. Oh. Hello, 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 hello. We're here. Okay, there we go. Everybody, yeah, everybody went dark on me. I was like, uh-oh. oh. So you said a question, I completely missed it. Yeah. Oh, oh, my question was, let's start with the real basics, the softball questions. What was the moment that you realized that wrestling is for you and you want to do for the rest of your life? Said it one more time. You, got, I got like the second part of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, um, basically, I was just saying, just to you know, just to keep it. I know the audience heard it a thousand one time. What was the moment you realized that wrestling was for you? Oh man, honestly, it was the um, the first day I started training. Um, I'm an I'm an I'm an athlete by nature. That's how, kind of how I grew up. Um, and so I think the first day that I got a chance to get in the ring and roll around. And you take that first bump and you didn't break anything. I was like, okay, I think I might got something here. Um, and because after the first day, everything started to basically um, just kind of fall into place like a duck in water. And mm. so ever since that first day, man, I was like, yo, I'm in, I got this. This, this, is, this is not going to be a problem at all. Mm-hmm. So any other sports you played growing up? Um, that's when I think around that, that age, that's when kids started throwing like a little harder. 
and started throwing like curveballs and stuff, and I couldn't hit to save my life. So I transformed to football, and it kind of worked out for the best. But when I was in high school, it was like football, and then I would do a put, a shot put and track. Okay, okay. So what was your position that you played in football? Um, uh, offensive guard in high school, and then when I went to college, transition to offensive tackle. Oh, so since you being on offensive line a lot, did some of those skills you being on line translation translate into wrestling? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of it is um, like. Most wrestlers have like you know moves. You know um, when you're on the offensive and defensive line, like you have moves too. And and the biggest thing was the first move never beats you. The second move never beats you. The third move is what got you. And so as an offensive lineman, mm. you had to have more than one move. You know so and you and you always had to be on the defensive, even as an offensive lineman for those moves. So if a dude had a spin move you had a move to counteract his spin move. If you had a bull rush, you had a move to counteract the bull rush. If you had a swim move, you know, you had a, you had, you had a move in your arsenal to counteract the swim move. Um, so it was always, believe it or not, like it was a very violent chess match of trying to um, figure out what move this guy across me going to do. And then how can I beat him? And for wrestling, it was more the same of, I know this guy has this move. This was this move. Okay, cool. I have this move, this move, this move. How does this? How can, can my moves beat his moves? But of course, Ooh. there's a little bit more nuance than that <laughs> compared <laughs> to wrestling and football. But but yeah, yeah. The, for the most for the most part, if, like for purposes of the question, it, it, it translates very well. Mm, mm, mm. So who trains you in wrestling? Um, initially it was uh, jo- yeah. Initially it was Johnny Swinger. Uh, who's currently in Impact? Um, oh. But after a while, um, I got an inv- yeah, I got an invitation to um, to train with uh, Robert Gibson, and um, and talking to Johnny, like he was like he was like, no, go train with Robert. Like Robert can teach you all the stuff that I can't. Um, like so, Johnny taught me the Johnny taught me the basics to basically not look stupid. But Robert's the one who got me to the point to where, like, I can venture it on my, I can hold my own in and out the ring, regardless of the situation. So, what was the biggest difference in their teaching style? Hello? Oh, did he I get cut off? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Um, I said, what was the biggest difference in the okay. teaching style? No, like I said, jo- yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so for 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 Johnny, it was mainly like Johnny was teaching basics and teaching you not to hurt yourself. And like, and no offense to how Johnny taught, because I appreciate everything. Johnny taught as if, okay, this is a hobby. Like guys just want to learn how to wrestle. But when you go see when you go see Robert Gibson, Robert's like I'm I'm treating this like you're trying to you trying to treat this as career. You try to teach us that you try to be on TV. So cool. Let me teach you how we do this on TV. Um, and it's a whole new way of 
thinking from when you're just wrestling in front of like a few hundred people for when you're wrestling and there's a camera in your face. It's com- it's completely different. Okay. So what would you describe your wrestling style? Like, you know, you have the technical wrestlers, you have strong style, you have all these different types. Like, how would you define your style of wrestling? Um, it's it's more of a brawler powerhouse type style of wrestling. Um I had I had a wrestling critic put it like put it like describe it like this is my offense isn't pretty, but when you're in a fight, when you're like a legitimate fight, when is the last legitimate fight you've seen ever been pretty? And so it's been one of those mm. things that where I'm not here to win beauty contests. I just my fighting style is effective because it works. The fact that it's the fact that it's ugly only just enhances you know, enhances the the performance because it's like, man, this isn't this isn't pretty, but any stretch of imagination, but you can't say it doesn't work. Because when you double man on his head, you double man on his head, regardless of yeah. how pretty it looks. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just as effective. So, Mr. Black forgot it's just the as most effective. <laughs> basic question is who's your who's your favorite wrestler of all time? There you go. Of all time, of all time, I tell you outside what, of yourself, of all time, without it being the Rock, because that's such an easy, that's such an easy, that's such an easy. Uh, out, here's it, outside of the Rock, because that's such an easy question for me. It's always gonna be the Rock. So, but I like to give another one. Is actually, um, if it ain't the Rock, it's Ron Simmons. It'll always be Ron Simmons. Um, Ron Simmons was like even before my time to like start watching wrestling. But as I got older and I started to appreciate what wrestling is, I started to go back and watch more Ron Simmons um, especially when he was with uh, Butch Reed and they were doomed like that's before my time but I just fell in love with it and I got a chance to meet Ron like a few years ago and like yo I'm a big dude I would probably have to shoot Ron Simmons twice like that's how like imposing he is physically even like in his 60s i'm like yo that's that's a grown man right there man i ain't trying to mess with him yo ron simmons will mess me up man and i'm like i, I don't want to find out like because how do i go back to work so hey man did ron simmons kick your ass like hey man we don't talk about that dog you know so but no it's, it's always been ron simmons i always have a deep 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 respect for ron simmons so you mentioned a little bit about learning what wrestling you know means to you what type of life it is to you so kind of elaborate on that a little bit like when someone would ask you what does wrestling mean to you like what what, how would you answer that man wrestling is wrestling is a lot of things to a lot of people to some people wrestling is a business um to some people wrestling is an art um Mm -hmm. for me it's both it's it's wrestling is the wrestling is the art of business um I am basically what I'm doing is I go out there and I'm going to wrestle for eight to 10, maybe 12 minutes. And it's this giant commercial is what it is because I am trying to make you a fan because I'm going to make you a fan. You come to my table and you want to buy something. And then the more you see me, the more you're going to want to buy something because you want to be a part of it, of what's going on. So it's this whole thing of I wrestle to get you to come interact with me because if I can interact with you, then we can conduct true business, which is really what I'm after. Um, so it becomes one of those things of the art of selling oneself is crucial and it's key. 
Um, some people take themselves too serious. Some people don't take themselves too serious enough. But it's to find that um, that fine line between where I take myself seriously as a businessman, but I do understand what I do as I come to the ring and I, you know, in a in a costume and a, with a persona and this that and the other, and you know, I'm going to give you a show. Um, but it's after the show is what I'm after because I want to conduct business. So what tips do you, would you give to a very, a somebody who's young in the game that you had learned the hard way and you want to give? Basically, my question is this. What advice would you give to somebody who's up and coming in the business that you wish that you had known when you was up and coming? Get used to the word no. Like, get mm-hmm. used to it. Get Get acquainted to it. Almost, almost fall in love with the word no. Um, mm. No is the worst word that you're ever going to hear, and but at the same time, no is also the most powerful word in 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 independent wrestling. If you don't want to do something, no, I'm not doing it. Hey, you want to do the show? No. Hey, you want to wrestle this guy? No. Hey, you want to wrestle for five dollars in a handshake? Hell no. You know. So <laughs> you know. Um, but on the flip side of that. When you try to present yourself, be prepared. Be prepared for them to tell you no. Um, but coupled with that, for every time that you're going to hear the word no, it's an opportunity for someone else to say yes. But with that being said, you need to prepare yourself so you take away every reason for someone to ever tell you no. That way, if for whatever reason they don't want to bring you on, they don't want to use you, it's not because you aren't good. It's not because you haven't um, put yourself in position. It's just for whatever reason they have something personal against you. And if that's the case, that speaks more of them than it does, it will, it will ever of you. So you talked, you smidge talked about like your gear and things like that. How did you come up with the whole like, I don't, know, I don't like saying gimmick because I just feel like that's so cliche. But like even to the mask, I'm more interested in no, how did no, you No, I get it, I get it. <laughs> Cause I think everyone says gimmick and it's just like, no, it doesn't have to be that. But where did you come up with the idea and the vision of the mask? Because it actually low-key reminds me of Fatu's whole crew. And I was just like, uh, who who did it first? Who so what is the whole like in terms of your attire? What is that like what's the background in that? Well, like so I have a um heavy like um Japanese influence in my life. Uh, I just always do since a little kid. I can never really um explain it. I just always had an affinity for uh that culture, the country, the people, the food, like you name it. If you just said Japan, I was in. Like this is kind of how it went. Um and so um, once I kind of realized how big wrestling was and I could watch like a lot of like, you know, DDT and Noah and All Japan and New Japan and all that good stuff, it just like the wheels started turning and, um, you know, a, a lot of it boils down to, you know, when people say the word like demon, they always have like this negative connotation. Um, like, oh, demons are bad. Demons are this. I'm like, no, that's not always, that's not always the truth. I mean, I mean you know, that's kind of <laughs> how the stories go. I mean, it, it depend, depend, but here's the thing, though, depending on who you're asking, like, you know, demons mean so many different other things. Like, so they're, they're guardians and they're protectors and there's just that and the other. Now, on the flip side, yeah, you know, you have what we all know what demons are, but 
even still, like there's always been like this other side of the coin when it comes to it. Um, for me, it's always been one of those things that we all have our, you know, we all have our things that we battle with and all that good stuff. Um, but for me, it was instead of trying to fight myself, you know, the, 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 let me back up. There's a saying this is like, you know, I don't fight my demons. We're on the same side now. And if mm. I'm not going to fight myself, that means you, the rest of you guys are screwed. Because the only person, because the only person who will ever beat me is me. No one can ever hurt me more than I hurt myself. But if I'm on my own side, oh man, the rest of y'all are done. Because you can't hurt me now. I've already done to myself. And there's nothing you can do to me that I have done to myself already. And so, and so the mask is a, is a representation of me being on my, me and my demons on the same side. Oh. And, um, and so it's one of those things of where now that me and my demons are on the same side, you know, you're, you're literally bringing a warrior to the battlefield. Well, what do you think is going to happen? You about to get you about to get ate up. Because <laughs> you look badass with that mask. Not everybody can pull off a mask. That is true. So like when I be watching ROH and I forgot what you just had a mask uh, recently, well a TV wise. I was re- I was really worried. I was really worried that mask wouldn't work either. Really? Yeah. Oh no, it works. Listen, from fan to, to superstar. Huh? I, was really, I was really worried that mask wasn't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> Because like you, yeah, like, so it, it's to a, it's to, it's to a point it's to a point now where people ask like, "Yo, can you bring that mask?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll bring it." Because it's you, like I like I like if you came out with no mask, I would pull you to the side and be like, "Where's your mask?" Because <laughs> it's a part of you. <laughs> it fits him, and it's, where's the mask it's at? Like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just so. Yeah, where's the mask at? So so. I know this is a wrestling podcast, but if you're a fan of our show, you know that we tend to go off the rail. Yeah, so let me ask you a question. Other than wrestling, what are you into? I know that you mentioned Japanese culture, so I'm assuming that you're into anime, video games. So is that safe for me to say that you are? Okay. So other than the obvious that I just mentioned, what else are you into? Yes. Yes. Hands down. I'm into cars. I'm in the cars good man my my my, my oh. dad got me in the cars um so i'm always like tinker old cars always like trying to build cars modify cars here and there um i love going fast my partner hates it they mess with me all the time like he'd slow down i'm like i slow down when i see the cops um <laughs> but um you know i'm big in football i love football I'm such a okay, nerd so, for like football. Like the draft football was a few team. days ago, and Who's like, like a like a like a nerd, I sat there and watched the draft. I'm a Ravens well, I fan. It too. I'm a Ravens fan. I've been a Ravens fan since '96. I mean, yeah, love love the Ravens. I love the Ravens. I mean, I mean okay, I, mean, I guess. I mean, I mean, at least you're not a Cowboys fan. I can't I can deal with a Ravens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I could have been worse. Fan. I could have been a Cowboys fan. I was like, could have been, been like, I'm a Cowboys. No, 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 You could have, you could have bandwagoned nah. in Tampa Bay. Like, there's so many options. But Baltimore, nope. okay. Yeah, yes. no. Only thing I, only thing I, only thing I don't stand for is like, oh, I'm a Steelers fan. I'm like, y'all in this podcast right here. Like, we're oh, done. Steelers. I don't do Steelers fans. So, I don't. Do <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan. Because, we're, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Because I don't deal with rapist quarterbacks. So that's why I'm not. And never yeah. be a Steelers fan, but I love there the it. Cowboys. Is I just can't stand oh them. I just 
I just can't stand him. <laughs> I love their coach though. Like he brings so he's joy. A good coach. Like good coach. he's a very great good coach. coach. Very good coach. Very but good coach. His quarterback is is trash. <laughs> yeah, very, well, very good. Very good coach. Well, trash. listen, he's trash. He's trash. <laughs> trash. I mean. I, mean, I watched the draft too. I we, we I sat in the living room and I and I literally was yelling. My neighbors probably hate me because of the fuckery Jerry Jones Jerry did to us switching with Philly. So because I'm a Giants fan, so I'm like, come on, don't do that. Don't. Mm-mm. We was we was we're we from was New York. We're yeah. from New York. So we, first of all, fun <laughs> fact, Mr. Black, he was. Born I'm not mad Philly. at it. I'm not mad. Of course, no. no. Here's the thing: the 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 Giants the. The the Giants are Patriots kryptonite. Yeah. That part. Tom Brady said it himself. Like <laughs> the, the, Giants, the Giants are New or New England's kryptonite. So I never I never rooted against the Giants because I'm like, yo, they're the only team to ever beat Tampa, ever beat uh New England, so I can never be mad at it. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Twice. 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 <laughs> and Eli. It's probably like, but he has grit. That's the thing about Eli. Like he's forever be a, a New York legend. He brought us two rings, so he may not be the most prettiest quarterback, but when it matters, he gets it done. So O'Shea, where do you think yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to land? I'm, I'm gonna say the Giants. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Giants. <laughs> so I was watching that. I was I was watching that. I was watching that today, and they brought up um, New Orleans, mm-hmm. which I would lose my mind if you went to New Orleans. I don't um, know what to do. Because I'm just like, yo, what? I wouldn't know what to do. Like, hold on. Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers in the same division, which means he's always going to play six times. Yo, I'm in. I'm in for that. Um, but they, they like, really, I saw, I saw New Orleans – they actually brought up Miami, but I'm like, if mm-hmm. there's any team that could, would make more sense, it was New Orleans. Like it just seemed mm-hmm. like it just seemed to work. Now, granted, yeah. it probably be like for it probably be like a it probably be a rental. You know, like you get like one maybe two years, and Aaron Rodgers is done. Especially two if he doesn't get the max. ring. If two years, yeah. Max. If Aaron, right? If Aaron Rodgers got a ring off that first. Ep- We lost him. We were doing so good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's there. We go. It's football, so you know i I wouldn't be like don't like I said. Don't be shocked if he stays. Don't be shocked if he stays in Green Bay. Oh, wrestling makes me think everything's a work. So actually, I'm never surprised at anything anymore because I just always think it's the okie doke. Even though Mr. Black hates it, I think everything's a work. Let's where do you go? How many him to get his Wi-Fi together? <laughs> I tend to forget that we live in a city, so our Wi-Fi is just is 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 it's great. <laughs> and we have mad options. So I tend to forget that. But when it comes to other states, I go, oh yeah. There we go. I just I had, to, I had to get up my Wi Fi. Is that yes? We was like, <laughs> sir, fix your Wi Fi. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Mr. Black. Oh, music. What kind of music are you into? Facts. Um, I'm a big hip hop kid. 
Um, but as I've gotten older, my musical tastes have expanded a little bit more. Um, but like, if I had to, um, if I had to put somebody on repeat, it's going to be a mix between Jay Z, Busta Rhymes, and Biggie. That Busta's a wild card. I would have never. Yes. Been... Yeah. Um, extinction level event got me through high school. <laughs> mm. We always have that one album that got us through high school, college, life. You know, yep. personally for me, um, one album that got me through my whole life is Kanye West graduation. No, no, college, no, um, college dropout. College dropout. Co- college dropout was really good. Late registration Ooh. was such a killer album. Um. And even I mean, like I even graduation was good, but those first two man were just oh they were so good. Like whenever you was in the grid, whatever you had to go through, life last call on album one. Um, I heard him say on album two, like yeah. the like the blend is like yo, you actually went through it. Honestly, um, I'm kind of happy he's not the old Kanye because he was wild depressing his first two albums, and he was still trying to figure out life. And you cannot be a billionaire and still talking about I'm broke. And you, you like, the, you right. understand? It, like, it's not going to hit the same. So nah, he had to naturally grow over time. Don't get me wrong. The old Kanye West will always be magical. Oh, okay. always Kanye about to come back, though, uh, which I don't know. Yeah. You're, but here's the he thing. Is, man. You're never, you're, you're never going to get, you're never going to get another college dropout and you're never going to get another late registration ever again. No. Like, you, you're, you're no. never, you're never going to, you're never going to no. get it. And that's why those albums are like so much fun to listen to because you know for a fact there's no one else who's ever going to come close to creating something like that ever again. How important to you do you think theme song music is to a wrestler? It's everything. It's, 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 it's everything. It sets the tone. It's the first thing you hear. Um, and if you do it right, it transcends wrestling. Tell me last time you went to a restaurant you heard somebody drop a glass and you automatically didn't look up because Stone Cold about to show up. Like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I tell people all the time, like, if you pick the right song, it transcends wrestling. It, it's the first thing people see. It's the first thing people hear that they know that you're showing up. And, like, music is everything. Like, I, I keep a soundtrack in my head every single day. Like, my life is to a soundtrack. So what so are we playing what, today? What's today's soundtrack? Oof. Actually, today's song has been public service announcement by Jay-Z. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that song's been going around and around in my head all day long. Um, then then you, you you drop in like some Jada Kiss, We Gonna Make It. Um, some um, Nino Man gets put in there. Um, the game drops in. Little Kendrick Lamar drops Ooh. in. Okay. Um, right, like old, like old Ti drops in, and if I really in a mood, like some Little John pops in as well. Like when I want to fight somebody, like Little John. Wait, little your John fight song is Little John? <laughs> yeah. That oh yeah. Oh yo yeah yeah. B I B I. Oh, I'd be ready to punch man in the mouth. Like yo, let's go. <laughs> so you just said like Little John. Like but I haven't heard that name in years. Right. Right. But like. But you remember that? You remember that span of time where like Little John was on everybody. Well, that was just the south. Like, right? It was just stop. But, but there was a 
y'all listen to this up here? And they're like, oh, yeah, like, it's too hard up here. And I'm like, oh, okay, bet, let's do it. Um, but in the South, yeah, Lil John, that dude's a god in the South, man. We catch one. Okay, John down in Atlanta. Like, and then on top of that, like, Outcast, always Outcast. Outcast was, to me, Outcast, like, transcended the genre of, of hip hop altogether. Yeah, Outcast was something special. Oh man, like it was t- to me, like Outcast, those guys really set the blueprint of who a lot of these are, these young cats are today. And when you talk to them, they'll say, I got, I got influenced by the Outcasts, Little Johns, uh, Kanye West, people that you may not pay no mind to, but they realize that, oh, shoot, they was really ahead of their time, but we didn't appreciate it because we, we were so caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as we get older, you get to go back, man, and you get to go back and you get to listen to those albums and listen to those deep cuts, like some of those songs that might not be on the radio, and you're like, yo, this is such a good song. Shout out to shout out to YouTube and all your streaming services that introduce it's like reintroduce us to some of our favorite artists. Some well, y'all yeah, know Jermaine show. Cole about to come back out with an album next week, so y'all stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like that's about to be on repeat for a while. So I hope it's come out on a Saturday, so I have something to listen to all day at work. (laughs) So O'Shea, what do you feel is missing in wrestling? Let me let me let me ask let me answer that question. Ask your question: behind the curtain or in the ring? Both. Ooh, in the ring because I feel like. Face and heel is is people get that misconstrued. So, but that's just me. Um, the one thing that I sometimes I feel I don't I don't say that it's so much missing, but it tends to be lacking, is um, like stories that matter. Um, the hardest thing to do on the indies right now are tell these longer stories. Because you don't know who's going to be here the next day. You don't know who's going to be here the next week or next month. Who's going to get signed? Who's going to get hurt? Who's going to quit? So trying to tell like long stories is hard to do. But when you're able to pull it off, man, it's just so much fun. It's, it's such a good moment to like pay off a long program. Um, behind the curtain, the kitchen. Man, communication and independent sucks. Um, half the time, you don't know what you're doing until you get there. Um, and if you do know what you're going to do before you get there, that's going to change. You know, times are going to change. But that kind of goes with the business where you have to kind of like be on the fly with stuff. Um, but still, like communication and anything goes a, goes a long goes a long way. Um, I, I wish more people had it. I wish more people would use it effectively. It, it can make shows run a lot, a lot smoother. I agree, because not everybody knows. Everyone's willing to do this and not listen. And I feel like at times, especially in the wrestling business, mm-hmm. like sometimes you just got to step back and hear whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. You got to hear what's going on and, and keep your ears to the streets, because streets be talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. Talk a little bit about how you made your way into Ring of Honor. I think it's so dope and I think that it's unique because 
I feel like you've always been like climbing and climbing, and I feel like when you chose ROH, you chose it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk um, a little bit about your journey to ROH. Honestly, it got to a point where I realized, man, I'm talking a lot of shit right now, <laughs> and I gotta make it. I've talked way too much shit for me not to. Um, but Ring of Honor is something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time since I got started in wrestling in like 2015. Um, I went to a camp, a tryout camp in 2016. And I was like a little less than a year in. So I kind of lied on the paperwork because you had to be working for more than a year. And I was like, yeah, sure. I've been working for a year. Screw it. Why not? Um, so I, they was like, yeah, come on in. So at the time I'm in the room with um, like Josh Woods, Brian Malonis, like Karen Q, like a lot of people who were either in Ring of Honor now or in WWE, or they're still just like a hot name on the, on the indies. Mm-hmm. And my biggest my biggest thing was to like, um, uh, like I needed to see where I stood. That's my mm-hmm. biggest thing. I'm a, I'm a sucker for competition. I want to see where I stand with some of the ones who who are considered like the best, because. If if I can hang with them, I'm not saying I had to beat them, but if I can hang with them, then I know I'm going to be okay. Um, so we, you know, you're up there for two days, and um, they kind of split you up into doing like in-ring stuff first, and then promos, and then they swap the next day, and then at the end of each mm. day, you have like this giant like they kind of put on this card. Now, these are the people who are watching: is Christopher Daniels, um. Delirious. Punishment Martinez, now known as Damian Priest. I still call him Punishment Martinez. That's fine. I still still, still call him Punishment. I still call him Punishment. I still call him Punishment. And like all these other like names who are just like, yo. Like it'll make you freeze if you're not careful. Like you will freeze up. And, you know, like BJ Whitmer's there and all that good stuff. And so if I had to, if I was being honest with myself, I always said, yo, my promo game was A+. My entering game, however, was a solid C minus um, <laughs> because I, I never got a chance to work somebody who was better than me, just athletically. So now I'm in the ring with people who are not only better in ring, but now these guys are better than me athletically. And it's the first time ever in my life where I'm having to like catch up. Um, so when it was all said and done, they pulled me aside and they're like, hey, man, this isn't a no. This isn't yet. Um, you got to keep working. You got to start working people better than you. And so for two years, that's all I did was just um, just, just hit the streets. Just hit the streets. Um, trying to find wrestle. Like, let's just go. Uh, I didn't know who you was. Like, let's just wrestle. And everything else was um, they gave us some camps for them, but I didn't feel like it was, I was ready yet. Um, so 2018 in October, I go up there again, and but this time, like I'm a little bit more um, secure in who I am. My gear changed, my body changed, like everything I like, how I even presented myself and how I promoted absolutely like changed and 
So I'm in a room with like 30 of my people, and I'm just kind of sitting there looking around, and I'm the only cat from Georgia who came by himself. Um, QT Marshall had some cats up there at the time, but, you know, they're a part of a group. It's just me. You know, I don't have anybody, like, to vouch for me. I didn't care. And so mm-hmm. I kind of remember sitting in that room looking around, and I was like, I don't know what the rest of you guys came up here for, but I came up here for a job, and I'm not leaving until I get this damn job. Um, and I had, and I had two days to prove it, and you know, in forty hours I showed my ass. <laughs> I just, I just showed my ass. Um, and then when it was all said and done, they pulled me back aside. It's like, hey, um, like there's no money up front, but if you want to come up here and train with us, if you want to come up here and do the and do the deal, and and you know, show us what you got the invite's yours you just got to get up here and i was like okay so i kind of cashed in all my chips and, and moved to baltimore wow how do you like it there yeah it's all right <laughs> it's all right um it's it's still it's still it's still a lot to get used to um they can't drive up here they can't drive up at all um but at the same time you know it's it's a different area so i get to i get to like really Explore a little more, and that's like doing like my wrestling explore a little more. Um, so that's pretty much what I've been doing when I can. If I'm not my other job and all the good stuff, but um, even though the, the two years I spent up here, it was really just me hustling. Pretty much, I told people before, like when you when you play high school football, like your playbooks, like maybe like three or four pieces of paper stapled together. I was like, when we get into the college, you get a you get a binder that's continues getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you gotta know that playbook. If this was the same way, you know, I've been trained to wrestle in front of a few hundred people, but now Ring of Honor's training to wrestle in front of a few thousand, and then a few hundred more thousand watching at home, and they ain't got time to like teach you how to step. You better know how to do this before you get up here, and so it was a it was a it was a learning curve, but I was, I was, I was all about it. So, do you think the dojo kind of taught you how to wrestle in like a, for TV? Because that's something that we talk about on our podcast a lot. Is you know certain indie guys that are on like AEW or NXT or whatever the case may be that they're not like TV ready. So, do you think the dojo for like ROH teaches like is the do they teach that there like? How to look at hard cam, how to yes. you know Yes, there's there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras everywhere. And they want to see if you one, they want to see if you know it. They want to see if you have if you have the kind of know where everything is. Because some some of that stuff you can't teach. Like some of that stuff whatever is, you know, not playing this, that, and the other, and da 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 da. But they they teach it all the time. Like we spend more time out of the ring watching tape than we do in the ring. Which is fine. You know, you get at this point I'm interested in bumps and do whatever. But now it's about learning the production. It's about knowing cues, knowing comp spots and all that good stuff to make sure that you know when we're on TV we're maximizing the minutes and we're not having to worry about oh man this match doesn't work because it's jackass and look at the camera. And so um, 
before you even don't ask the stage, I'm gonna make sure she knows it. Because they're not gonna spend money on you if you don't know what you're doing. So how did the opportunity to join forces with Shane Taylor come about? Talking shit. Um no, um <laughs> I mean, I believe it. If it's him, I believe it. Yeah. Um, it, it was one of those things of where is even though I moved up here, I was still on the indies. I was still like trying to get my name out, do this, do that. Um, I was getting bigger on the in like the the um DMV area, you know, kind of transforming that into what it is. And so it was one of those things where Shane kind of pulled me aside and he was like, "Hey, man, I I see what you're doing. Um, the, everyone else sees what you're doing, even though they may not tell you." but people are watching you you are doing it exactly the way you need to be doing it um you know it, it was a lot of it was like preliminary talks about what he wanted to do and how he envisioned shane taylor promotions like coming about but as we talked he was like it wasn't like and if you play cards right you can get in it was as he was talking like nah man we built this especially to bring people like you into the fold if you want to be in and of course, I'm like, yeah, you kidding me? Of course I do. And so um, from there, it was just really more of doing what I was supposed to be doing and then waiting for the right time for it to finally pop off. Well, as you see, Sir Wilkinson, join us. Do you have any questions for our lovely guest? Um, sorry, guys. I was taking care of some stuff. Um, <laughs> and I'm happy to have, have you. I think, honestly speaking, you have some of the best mic skills in the independent circuit in wrestling right now. <laughs> for, for young I, and I actually mean I that. I, I already told you in pre-production, there was a promo that you had. I was just like, oh, that's fire. That was, that was fire. Yeah. That was fire in that. <laughs> and and um, how did you get so good at, at cutting promos? Um, Honestly, man, I was a theater kid growing up. Um, oh. Like I, I, I took theater in, in high school. I took theater in college, but I, I, I wasn't taking it as like a way of um, like, I want to be an actor. I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed reading the Shakespearean play. I, I enjoyed learning lines only to, for, only to, as I say, forget my lines. Um, and then to making a care, like, you know, it's one thing to become a character. It's another thing to make a character you, your, your own. And so um, I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed taking lines, feel, feeling them, and then kind of getting a chance to, it wasn't, it wasn't what I was saying, it was always how I was saying it. To me, tone and inflection mean everything. You can understand when someone hates your guts just by he, just how he says hello to you. Um, like I enjoy that. Um, I I also write. I write a bunch. Um, even if I go on a post-it note, like I just write. I write. I write. I write. I write. I write all day long. I have like notebooks upon notebooks scattered about my house, which is random promo ideas, random lines that I may use later, that I may just pop out of nowhere. You know, I was like, oh yeah, I've been holding on that for like four years. Um, just getting in front of, but getting in front of a camera though was easy. To me, it was easy. Some people may, may think of it differently because for me, I was never talking to the camera. Um, I tell people, Tom, talk through the camera. 
the camera is a vehicle to the other person on the other side. And so I never wanted to seem as if I was talking at somebody. I would like I'm talking to somebody. Um, and we all know the difference between talking like at somebody, talking to somebody, you know, I just hated it. I hate it when somebody talked at me and made me feel stupid. I'm like, I'm not, no, I want this dude's money. I don't want him to be stupid. I just want him to be invested in it. Um, so I, I find ways to get people invested in what I was saying, how I was saying it, and then more importantly, why, why, why I was saying it. That's, that's, that's fucking, that's fucking amazing. Um, has there ever been a point where you're like, I'm done with this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. Brother, every day. No, um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I'd be like, damn. Every day. No, um, man, honestly, um, like there, there are days that are better than others. You know, there, there are days where like I just don't want to wrestle and I want to go home and I, you know, just want to, excuse me, and I kind of just want to be a lazy bum. But I, I didn't come this far just to get this far. Um, I very rarely is there something where you do something for the first time and you're just naturally good at it. Um, the only other thing I've ever done with my life where I was naturally good at something was when I was a fireman. Um, it's the only other time in my life where after the first day, I'm like, I got this licked. Like this ain't going to be nothing. Um, it's a good feeling. I don't want to let that feeling go anytime soon. Um, but I, I, I got more, I got more gas in the tank, man. I got so many more stories to tell, so many more promos to film. And then even when I can't go physically, I still want to produce. I still want to agent. I still want to help run a show, this, that, and the other. Like I love wrestling and I want to be a part of it for as long as I possibly can. So question, um, talk about your time as a fireman. You spent out fires. That's Man, look, that that was to. some of the most that's some of the most traumatic times of my life. Um where I worked was I was was uh, in uh, Metro Atlanta, like kind of south by the airport. Mm. And and so I tell people at the time I was like, "Yo, South Metro Atlanta is like the wild wild west. Those boys don't care. Those boys are bananas, like they out there shooting folk." And um Usually when that was happening, I was right there in the middle of it, you know, um, putting out fires, doing this, that, and the other, da 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 da, da. Um, You know, some some story, I tell people what time was like, you know, the stories that I tell people as I was a fireman are the ones that I'm comfortable with telling. So imagine the ones that I'm not comfortable with telling. And so some people like, well, some people like, well, how come you want to tell those? I'm like, and I, I'm, I get very blunt. I'm like, because you can't handle it. Your shoulders aren't aren't wide enough to handle the the amount of trauma that I'm going to put on you, but mine are. So let me hold this one by myself because if I give it to anybody else, it, it'll crush you. Um, and usually when I play that, people go, oh, I'm like, yeah, I don't mean that to be negative. I'm just saying, like, hey, man. No, that's like, real shit. There's, there's a reason why I'm not telling you this story. Like, I'm not, there's a reason why the stories I'm going to tell, I'm not, I'm not telling you, you don't need to know. Like, just let me, let me hold on to that. So, but being a farmer, as, as, as traumatic as it was, it was one of the, like I said, it's one of the best things ever done in my life. It was either that or doing the military um, because I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than myself. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. I wanted something that was bigger than me. And there was nothing like, um, like, like literally kind of you're, you're in somebody's emergency and in the middle of their chaos and their world crumbling around them, man, they called you. Of all the people, they called you and you want to be there for them and you want to, you know, make, let them know that, hey, despite everything going on, somebody's got you. You know, and being a fire, being a fire, being a firefighter, man, that's what it was. It was no matter what you were going through, you weren't alone. We got you. And that, that's, a, that's a great feeling. That's a great feeling. No wonder why the hood love firefighters and hate cops. Makes sense. <laughs> like oh, yeah. the whole the whole the whole saying goes, no one no one ever made a song saying fuck the fire department. So never, <laughs> never, never. There's never. never a song saying fuck the fire department, man. Everybody knows the fire You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy is um so I know what you're talking about because I had went for the fire department test in New York. Mm-hmm. And there's like a little training program that you do before you go for the test. They did like you did like practice tests and everything. Yeah. Um, and this dude comes up in the front. He's like, "Listen, I know you guys want to be firefighters, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very honest with you guys. When you start, you start with one man to your left and one man to your right. One year later, that one man to your left is dead. Yep. Another year after that, that man to your right, he's also dead." Do you want to be here? Yep. And it's, I was like, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. It, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's sobering. It, it, it really is sobering, but it's the truth. Um, like very, very, I was very lucky to where like a lot of the guys I worked with, like we didn't have to go through that because as, as it stands now, like firefighting is exactly what it is. Like it's, it's very dangerous, but as, as more, you know, more technology has gotten better and, you know, safety precautions have gotten better. Like you really got to screw up to like not make it like you really got to screw the pooch or like you have to hit that one in a billion chance where everything just goes completely wrong. Mm -hmm. But, but the fact of the matter is though, um, it was there. And I tell people all the time, man, I was like that, you had you had to be aware of your own mortality at all times. That at any point in time, brother, time's up, and you'll never see it coming. Yeah. Dang, more of a lighter I, note, though. Right, right. Like, you know, like let's make this thing more lighter, though. Like so, less, um, less love, next, life, um, blessings. So, um, well, yeah, more lighter note, though. I'm surprised that. You haven't named one of your moves the Raging Demon and homage to one of the greatest demon, Akuma. I'm surprised you haven't done that yet. But that's what the beads are for. The beads are my oh wait, it's, it's how the beads are how I honor Akuma. Um like I said, big video game nuts. Even though I suck at fighting games, I still play them anyway. I get crushed. I get crushed. Don't care. Still play them. Um, but Akuma was always my dude. Um Akuma had that. That inside of him, that he's like, "Yo, man, I'm here to beat everybody because I can." And um, the beads were my way of of my little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to to Akuma. So I hope I'm doing him proud when he sees it. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, you don't see him because that'll be kind yeah, of. Hopefully, cool. I don't see him. If I'm pretty sure if I see him, I'm in I'm in trouble. But you know, still. man, 
Man. But that but that is that that that's dope though, because Akuma is like kind of like you. Mm-hmm. You have that there's the I'm a beach ass, but then there's like the deeper, darker version of Akuma. Yeah. Like people people always consider Akuma was like the bad guy. I was like, nah, man, Akuma didn't discriminate. Like he would he he would beat Ryu and then turn around beat M. Bison and didn't care. Like they were all the same person to him. Like I just want to fight the best. I don't care who they are. I don't care what you stand for. You know the whole thing of like you know fuck you and the set you claim. I'm just here to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> and that was always been my deal. Like yo, I don't care who you are, where you come from. I just want to fight. If you want to fight, let's just fight. <laughs> Question: yeah. You like Akuma? That's fine. Ryu or Ken? If you had to choose, Ryu. Why? Because even he figured it out that, yo, Akuma's not wrong. <laughs> like, Akuma's not wrong. And he, he figured it out. And even he was like, okay, you know, sometimes to be the one thing that, like, I always wanted to be, I have to do the one thing I never thought I would do. And that's when he found, like, the Dark Ado. And then he was in, you know. And then, he, and then you had, like, Dark Ryu. And he got it. He was like, okay, cool. I get this now. You know, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself to get where you want to be. Like nothing's free. Everything costs something. And sometimes and sometimes it, it wants and sometimes you gotta give piece of yourself up to get where you gotta go. Is it worth it? And mm-hmm. after, as as the story goes on for you, it was worth it. <laughs> so then you agree with Thanos then in Avengers? Oh yes. Yes. Hands down. Hands down. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. About it, but I was like, I remember, I remember being in movies going, he ain't uh, wrong. He got a point. He got a, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> See now he's I'm tuned a... in because that one before I was like, I don't know who the fuck y'all talking about, but they know. Yeah, know. yeah, but, but it, it, uh, okay, I agree with Thanos 100, percent but it's sometimes make me feel like how true what he's saying is really true compared to real life, you know? Because after Avengers came out. COVID, Emma was dying again. Right. This is me just, you know, being a guy that who's who like who's to sit 10 hours a day on YouTube and look up um conspiracy theory. But that's right. a whole other story for another day, though. But it makes you think that how much is Hollywood is bleeding into real life with that story because they always say if you look at the uh, look at different conspirators, oh, such as Alex Jones, they always talk about they try to bring the population down to a certain percentage. Dude, art, so art art always imitates life. Mm-hmm. Art will always imitate life, and I think, and I'm probably going to butcher the line. I'm probably going to butcher the line. But oh Thanos God. had a had a mean line where he was like, you know, every pretty much he was like, there was an issue. I was the only one, pretty much, who had the balls to do something about it. And I could, I could really get behind it. Where I'm like, yo, it's really easy to bitch, moan, and complain. It's when something no completely do it. right when when no one wants to do it. But it's real easy to like sit there and villainize and bastardize the guy who actually goes off and does exactly. something about it. And a part of me was like, mm, he ain't wrong. He was out here he spitting. Wrong. Yeah, he was like, like, mm. I was like, God, you, you want to hate him, but you're like, this thing is spitting. Yeah. And so but he was like, looking for balance. He, it was balanced. But what people don't understand is, like, when it comes to balance, 
it requires sacrifice. Correct. You gotta and lose things to get. You gotta lose. And but and and but here's the thing, and I'm about to tie this in perfectly. When it comes to wrestling, everybody wants to be a superstar until you realize how much it's gonna cost you. What it what it's gonna cost me doesn't cost the guy next to me and the guy next to him. It's going to act something different from everybody. Are you willing to pay the price to get where you want to be? And then even if you pay the price to get where you need to be, it's still not guaranteed you're going to get it. Right. Because even I watched, um, I don't know if you, because we haven't recorded. So we hadn't talked about like Austin's biography. Yeah. I was just about to say that. And he mentioned that, that that level of sacrifice that he mentioned because he said, I think it was his second daughter, and she went into labor. He got on the plane, saw the baby born, whoosh, 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 then the Dick. next day got back on the plane to plane. get on to go to a show. So right. it's like a lot of the times, you know, for someone that doesn't have kids, they sacrifice and other things. But like when Austin said that. And he kind of low-key chose wrestling over family. <laughs> I was just but, like, but you but have then, to sit in that and realize that's the sacrifice you made. That's sacrifice. And then there's also that, and what people don't understand is, with that sacrifice, there is a reason why he is sacrificing what he's sacrificing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this man is going to put a, a, a living, he's going to provide in such a fashion for his family forever. Yeah. That you just don't trip and fall into that. Somewhere, somebody has to like grind and hustle and like do all the things they don't want to do so that the next, you know, the next up in line doesn't have to do it anymore. Can you imagine, like, if, you know, if my dad was like this giant professional football player, he did this and that to the point where he's like, I made all this money and I did all this so my son doesn't have to play football. He can do something else. My son could be a doctor now. My son could do this. My son could do that. And I'm just like, yup. Like, I would choose, I would do that all the time. If it meant that my, you know, I don't have any kids, but it's like, if, if I did everything I was supposed to do so that, like, my kid didn't have to do it, yo, I do it every single time. Like, I do it twice. This is true. Gentlemen, last questions before we say our farewells. Or we'll say see you later because we'll see him in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memorial weekend. So I don't know if the guys talked about this, but since you were on the deeper side of things and sacrifice and stuff, <laughs> um, politics in the industry. Yes. How have you dealt with it? Because you're getting your name up there, but yet there's a lot of bullshit that comes with it, as we as we all spoke about. Right. Um, how do you deal with it, especially being a, a a man of color in this industry that's predominantly not filled with us? Right. So. And this is the thing that I I tell people. This is one of the one of the things that actually tends to get forgotten. Is before I became a wrestler, I was already professional. Like I was I was already like ten years deep into the fire department, well before I stepped into a wrestling ring. So I tell people all the time, I was like, understand something, son. Like I'm already a grown ass man. <laughs> like I've seen shit that make you blush, and. So for me, I was like, one, ain't nobody going to talk to me any old way. This ain't going to happen. Like, nah, no, don't think so. Um, but, but two, like, 
a lot of people didn't want to mess with me because of it, which is fine because you've done me a service. Now I ain't got to mess with you, you know? Um, but with the politics and, you know, this is business, this politics, no matter, no matter what you do, there's going to be politics involved. I just, I, my, my parents taught me how to be respectful to everybody, regardless, respectful. Um, they instilled a level of tact and, 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 and diplomacy in me because sometimes, you know, the square peg doesn't fit in the round hole and you have to find another way to like the way I talk to you guys tonight, I can't go to work and talk that same way. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta change that up a little bit, you know? And that's something that like some people don't understand. That's some things that some people just don't even get right. that like, just because I talk to my friends this, that way, and the other doesn't mean that I can talk to you that way. And it's no level of disrespect. It's just, it, this is what it is. You know, this is, this is business now. So I tell people all the time where I'm like, we can be friends in wrestling, but the minute we start talking about like money, then our friendship gets put on pause just for a second because you're not talking to your friend O'Shea. You're talking to the businessman O'Shea. And trust me, businessman O'Shea ain't taking no shit off of nobody because you're messing with his money. And I'm about my money. <laughs> so, but once we're done, we can go right back to being friends. I refuse to let like business mix with my friendships just because, I, nah, man, people get their feelings hurt. And I'm not getting my feelings hurt. I'm probably going to hurt somebody else's feelings. Um, but, but we also, as, you know, as people of color, we also have to stand true to who we are. We have to be able to, man, no, this is who I am. I'm not going to sacrifice this for nobody. Um, and I'm willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to stand the line. Um, I've had some people come up to me and say some wild ass shit like, oh yeah, we want you to do this. And I look at them and go, no. Well, what do you mean? No. Uh, first of all, I said, no. Um, and then second of all, I ain't doing it because you ain't one, you ain't paying me enough to do it. And then two, my dignity's worth way much more than the hundred dollars you're trying to pay me right now. Um, once again, that rubs people the wrong way. And I'm like, I, I guess for me, I guess I don't care. Like, nah, that, that's fine. It doesn't have to, you know, you ain't got to like it, but this is the way it's got to be. Um, because I got to look myself in the mirror. And I, I I haven't been ashamed of nothing I've done. I don't regret nothing I've done. And I'm sure it's ain't about to start now. <laughs> so it's just one of those things of within the politics, you got to understand what battle that is this battle worth fighting. And for the battles that you are willing to fight, brother, you got to be, are you, are you willing to do what needs to be done to win them? Um, mm. Once I once you kind of understand that, then you then you realize one, not every battle I gotta fight. And not every battle I gotta win. But the battles I do choose to fight, I'm gonna win them convincingly every single time. Mm. Mm. All right, Mr. Black. Um Final nothing, question. man. Um I think that he answered all my questions. This is this is actually pretty well informed interview, especially for a lot of young up and coming black men. Um, thank you, thank you so much for taking your time out, especially this late in my an hour. I know you're very busy, busy man, but bro, Janelle, man, stop. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. Uh, if, it makes, if, it makes you, if it makes you feel better, as soon as it's over, I'm going straight to bed. So we like, all we're are. good. We, <laughs> all we all are. are. Not, we all are not. <laughs> I got to be up at 3 a.m. I got to be up at 3 a.m. Yeah, I got to be up at 5. So I'm like, nah, man. I, once it's over, I'm going straight to bed. But thank you for taking time out tonight to do this, though. Yes. No, it's, no. It's, 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 no it's no problem, man. Um, Me and the guys from Battle Club, man, we go way back. Um, And and so it, me moving made things a lot easier to kind of, like, get on these shows I've been trying to get on for a while. Um, mm. So, like, when they, when, they, when they came up to me and asked, like, hey, we really want you to kind of, like, put us you know if you wouldn't mind like representing us through this through this podcast i was like yeah man because it's you i'll do it like i i've lately i've been telling a lot of people no i'm like no nah, <laughs> yeah. well, because like, we hey. know you don't got no issue saying no but we do yeah no nah, i got no issue saying it. no <laughs> we do appreciate <laughs> it um my last question and then you can plug yourself and let everyone yeah. know upcoming shows um dream matches who Come are on. some people you would love to get in the ring, and I'm not only asking just so the viewers and we know, but like you know, right, right. Know some people like, that know some people. Like, so. like, like dead or alive, or just like I would like re- alive realistically. Because, okay, realistically, realistically. Yeah, just, just because, okay. like, if you know, we had the opportunity right, right. to make it happen. I right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um. There's a few. Well, luckily, there's a few matches that I've already had so far that I've really enjoyed. Even though I wouldn't mind doing it again. Like, like John, ones. like John Davis, I would love to do it again. That was so he's much fun. So dope. So dope. So he so he's dope. literally like he is that dude, but that he's 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 an OG, and I'm just yeah. like he's just like he's just an OG. And you're like, yep. Um, but for those who I haven't shared a ring with, um, like Chris Bay, I want to share a ring with him. Um, Darius Lockhart, I want to share a ring with him. Um, um, That's Daniel my guy. <laughs> yes, right. Daniel Daniel Makabe out of Vancouver. I want to share a ring with him. Oh. Um, B boy, God bless yo. When he gets better, yeah, I'm telling you, I got to get that match out in Cali. Um, so uh, Mysterious Q out of Texas. Yes. Um, um, yes. 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 I, I want to wrestle him. Um, yes. man, there's, there's like now that I'm saying it, man. There's so many different like levels of names that I just I like um Trey Lamar I want to wrestle him Ace Austin <laughs> I want to wrestle him um Josh Alexander yo I want to wrestle Ooh. that dude so nice he is so underrated bad. And he's super so underrated. underrated and I'm super underrated so glad that now he's on like him him and Ethan Page as a tag team was dope right I'm so dope. glad right now he's in a position of being on his own Yes. Um. And even though he's, even though we shared a ring as a, as a, as a, as a multi man, I would love to wrestle Ethan Page one on one. Um. I want to wrestle Ricky Starks one on one. I want to wrestle Will Hobbs one on one. Yo, I've never, I've never wanted to toss another man like so far in my life. Like I just want to like I just want to look at him and go you and put him somewhere else. Um. Yo, I could do this all day long. <laughs> um, and, but then even even within Ring of Honor, like I want to share the ring with Jonathan Gresham. I want to share the ring with Kenny King. I want to share with Jay Lethal. You know, um, uh, 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 like PCO. Yo, honestly, yo, Mark and Jay Briscoe, I want to beat the teetotal shit out of those boys as much as humanly possible. This is the first day I saw them. I'm like, yo, I want to wrestle those cats. Um because it's hard as I like, I like to get hit hard because oh, I'm a they, throw. I'm, I'm, I'm a throw. They, they hit hard, they and hit I hard. think the first time they hit me, I looked at them. I'm going, Yep, this Ooh. is going to be a thing. Um, 
because my thing is, if you hit me as hard as you can, because now I know where the line is. I'm like, cool, here's mine. And I bet money, I'm coming a lot harder than you think I am. <laughs> well, like we said, it has been a pleasure and honor. You. you are the first guest in our series leading up to the Battle Club Pro Show on May 29th in Visual Park. So we are thankful and blessed that you were able to, to come on, to plug your social media, let the fans and viewers know where to find you. And Please. if outside of Battle Club Pro, any other shows you, you are booked for. Right, right. Um, you can find me on Twitter at um big at big bad kaiju. Um, you can find me on Instagram, big bad kaiju. Period after every word. Uh, um, I tell people, Tom, you can find me on Facebook, but unless I like actively know you, I ain't gonna add you. Um, so good luck. You know, you, good luck for it. Um, for for merch that you can't find, like can't get to a show. You can support me at merch at, at whatamaneuver.net. You can just search Osha Edwards, all the shirts I have up there, and some stuff that I don't keep on the table. So some of the older designs that I have um, are, are on there as well. Um, as of other shows that I have coming up, really the biggest one really is Battle Club. Um, I got to be back in Augusta, Georgia the week before for um, for Intense Wrestling Entertainment down in Augusta, Georgia. Um, I got some stuff going on in, in, in June, but they're, they're more like tapings to kind of like be um, to be published later. So I can't really speak on it right now. Um, but even still, man, um, the, despite the yeah, right. Uh, but despite the um, despite the pandemic, wrestling still has been very good to me. Um, I've, I've been able to keep a quasi decent schedule may not be as busy as I, it was prior to, um, COVID, but it's coming. I know it's coming. Um, I, I, I've worked very, very hard to get, um, where I'm at and I'll be damned if I'm going to let COVID stop me now. Amen. There you go. And I think we've we've been on the same kind of like mentality where, we didn't allow COVID to really, you know, stop what we had going. We had some really dope interviews, especially the high peak of COVID too. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're thankful. Right. It was a blessing yeah. in disguise in a way, because I just think there wouldn't have been certain things that we, that's been in motion would have happened if, you know, unfortunately the pandemic right. started. So. Right. But, but for, for some people, the, the, the worst thing that could have happened was the pandemic and in that same, like for me, the worst thing that could have happened to me was the pandemic. Um, but at the same time, the best thing that ever could have happened to me was the pandemic. Was, was the pandemic. <laughs> um, and so it's like I said, it's it, it's all about how you how you look at it. It's all about perspective and and all that good stuff. Um, so I'm 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 I I'm not a religious man, but I know for a fact that I am I am blessed and highly favored. So. I'm going to be okay. There you go. Um, so once again, those that are watching, you can catch O'Shea Edwards live and in color at Battle Club Pro on May 29th in Ritual Park. Tickets are on sale now, so make sure to go support. He's in that first round going against your boy, Mr. Black. And, and I think Darius Carter, too. Yeah, Darius Carter, Big Time Yah, and either Surreal. There you go. I'm let you know from right now. <laughs> oh God, you ain't beating my man big time, Yaya B. You ain't beating him, B. <laughs> okay, that's his advocate. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like talk is cheap. Is why everyone does it. So, like I said, I'm I'm not too worried about it. And for the most part, you know, 
I tell you what, man, you can wish and they'll actually put what happens in one hand and then shit in the other and we'll see which one fills up faster. <laughs> well, well man. that's a good way man. to end the episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say nothing else after that. Yeah, so, either. All right. um, once again, you can follow us at the Java Tears Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, subscribe to the Java Tears Podcast Network. You can always find us and our other amazing um, podcasts that we have under our network. Um, those that are watching live, make sure to come out tomorrow night, AW Blood and Guts, Single de Mayo Party, Five Dollar Tequila Shots at Legends. So come out, support. Um, other than that, gentlemen, thank you so much, O'Shea, for everything. Yes. We can't wait to actually meet you in person and chop it up. And um, that is that. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode of the JTP Lounge. We will see you guys next week. Hashtag Black Excellence. Hashtag We Are Out. How are you just going to disappear? That was fun.